You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Woo, hot damn. It has been a minute. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Jordan Anderson here. Marcus Baker with me as well. This is the Nosebleed Seats with our seventh episode. I know we're a little behind with the other guys. I apologize. I've been traveling, seems like, all over the country for work, but I'm home now. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming. Marcus, you with me? How are we doing tonight? Doing good, Jordan. Um, glad to be back. Looking forward to the uh, Run It Back campaign, as we've both discussed and called it, because that's really what it is. I think we've got a good shot. And um, all that kicks off basically on this coming Thursday night against the Texans. So ready to get the ball rolling and hopefully pursue another def- or a defense of our Super Bowl championship. You know what I mean? We are a mere two days away from Kansas City versus Houston to kick off the NFL season. Uh, like you said, the run it back campaign, hoping that's a successful campaign. Uh, I know we all do. But anyway, guys, today is going to be our first matchup preview of the season. We're going to give you guys a matchup preview every single week here on the Nosebleed Seats uh, via Arrowhead Live. So we're going to give you guys that preview uh, against the Houston Texans here on Thursday night. We're going to talk about the three impact players to watch on both sides of the ball for both teams. And then our new segment we're going to install starting today uh, is make or break keys to victory for each team with Marcus. So that's a, that's a segment we're going to let Marcus handle by himself. But Marcus, let's go ahead and get into this here. Uh, Talk about this week one matchup preview. Uh, You know, last year, the great playoff comeback. We were down 24 nothing halftime. That's all history. This is a new Houston team we're dealing with here. So DeAndre Hopkins is out. Brandon Cooks in. Uh, David Johnson in. Carlos Hyde out. What's your What's your feel on this Houston team right now? Well, I mean, you mentioned it. It's a different Houston team, and that's that's honestly. My opinion, it's it's not the team that beat us in week six, and it's also not the team that we beat by thirty points or twenty points in the playoffs. So you can, I mean, you can say twenty four to nothing, you can say fifty one to seven run. None of that matters because this this Houston team is going to look different. Bill O'Brien, in my opinion, finally was able to put his imprint, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, on this Texans team and get his running back. And you know. As, as the times passed there in Houston, he's always shown a desire to run the football. He runs the ball more than I think he should with the type of talent he has at quarterback. But this is going to be the year. I mean, this is going to be the year. It's either going to make or break Bill O'Brien. He's either going to look like an absolute genius because you see the type of deal that Watson just got. Or not Watson, I apologize. Well, yes, Watson as well. They secured their quarterback. But Hopkins is shipped out for an unreliable David Johnson from an injury standpoint and some picks, basically. You look at that trade, if David Johnson's not reliable and Hopkins goes crazy, he looks like an idiot. If Johnson comes back and can get back to his 2015-2016 self, I believe, was the years that he was very solid. If he can find that form again and Hopkins even if he's producing at the top level that he was, the kind of money they paid him, he has to. Like, if he's below that, 
you're not getting your money's worth. So it could be a good move for Bill O'Brien if David Johnson comes in and performs and they can flip those picks and do some good things with those guys and add some pieces, not only for now, but for the future. But honestly, I feel like that whole issue was a personal problem between the head coach and his superstar player. It was a pride thing, and it may cost him a chance to be a competitive football team. But some people may also say that they may be in a better position now because they do have a more versatile offense, and it's not going to be Watson forcing the ball to Hopkins all the time. So, like I said, it's a different team. They lost guys like DJ Reader, who was important in the middle for them. Uh, They lost veteran leadership and Jonathan Joseph. And then it's going to take a middle impact on the guys that have been there, losing a player of Hopkins' caliber. But So it'll be interesting to see what what they do from a game plan standpoint, having a new defensive coordinator. It's just, like you said, it's a new team, new expectations, and new possibilities. And they're going to be motivated watching that Super Bowl banner go up that the Chiefs jumped over them to go find. So they're never going to be more motivated than they will be for this game. For sure. And I, I know we talk about it all the time and we talk about it with the Arrowhead live guys. Also the biggest ability a player can have is availability. I feel like, so I think that's the biggest concern there with Houston. Uh, we'll talk about the injury report here in just a minute with uh, players that are on the injury report, um, you know, as of today, but David Johnson, you said, is injury prone. Brandon Cook's also injury prone. He's one of the guys on the injury report. Uh, they do have their starting corner, Garyon Conley, out on IR right now. Uh, I believe he has a leg injury as well. So, I mean, they're a little banged up. And, you know, they say they look great in training camp, but all it takes is one play. I mean, ask Sammy Watkins, who I don't think he's played 16 games in a season since his career started. But the biggest ability a player can have is availability. I mean, can we agree on that? Yeah, without a doubt. I just – that's the only thing if I'm a Texans fan I'm concerned with. I think it was time for a change there in Houston. I think they needed something to push them over the hump. And, you know, this might be the ones that do it. I'm not going to say I'm 100% confident with the Chiefs going into uh, this season, you know, especially against a tough opponent. We have a really tough four weeks, first four weeks, honestly. So, I mean, if we come out of these four games strong and, you know, we're 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh or something like that, I think I'll be happy with what happens. But it's the first game of the season. If we take a loss, I'm not going to take it too hard because, you know, we got 15 games left to show the world that we can do it. I mean, New England lost to us that year. They uh, were defending their Super Bowl, and they ended up winning it again. So uh, that's just beside the point. But let's go ahead and talk about the injuries for a second, though. Travis Kelsey was banged up earlier this week. Uh, I know it was concerning for a lot of us Chiefs fans. Thankfully, Andy Reid came out today, said every single player on the 53-man roster was a full participant today. So no banged-up guys heading into Thursday night's opener. That is fantastic news for us. Um, And then on the Houston side, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, uh, Brandon Cooks was having some hamstring issues, and then Gary Conley. It's still on the IR, I think, for at least another two weeks. I think those are the only big concerns right now. But just with previous injuries, yeah, and, you know, it's like a broken record at this point. But the guys that were injury-prone and who have never had a healthy season, Will Fuller is one of those guys. David Johnson is another one of those guys. Just offensive guys. So, I mean, you pray for their health and you want them to stay healthy just, you know, because you want good competition. But – that's my biggest concern if I'm a Texans fan. 
and understandably so because losing a guy like a reader on the inside that's going to affect two uh, portions of the game because he's a run stop specialist, you would say. That's where his strength is, but he's a versatile player. And now he's over, I believe, in Cincinnati. So you lose a guy like that in the middle of your defense. Now, yes, they did bring in Ross Blacklock out of TCU, which they have high hopes for him, but he's a rookie. And, I mean, you're going up against – I mean, to be honest, it's Austin Ryder, so I'm not not saying that we have anything special, but the first time Ross Blacklock hooks claws with Kalichi Assimile and – is getting pushed, he's going to realize this ain't this ain't TCU. You're not in the Big 12. Like these guys are a different level. And so I don't know. I think the interior there, and you and I both know they have a terrible time with injuries against us, it seems, in recent years. I mean, you look a couple years back, JJ Watt went out when they played us. Last year, I think in week six, they lost Whitney Merciless. It seems like one of their star players always gets banged up in the Chiefs game. So I think it's just a coincidence, but that being the case and a trend being there with that and then having these new guys that they're relying on that are injury-prone, I'd be a little bit nervous if I was a Houston fan. For sure. Uh, so aside from the injury report, let's go ahead and talk about our three impact players to watch uh, for both teams. I I think the Kansas City one, at least the first one's obvious, it's Patrick Mahomes. The leader of the team, obviously, Super Bowl MVP. you got to think he's going to come out and shine or at least attempt to shine. Uh, you know, NFL's biggest stage, other than the Super Bowl, it's opening night. You're at home. You got, I mean, it's not 76,000, but at least you have 16,000 Chiefs fans there rooting you on. Hopefully they can make some sort of sound impact. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how that goes when that happens. But it's got to be Patrick Mahomes as your first guy. Gunslinger, going to come out throwing it, slinging it, or so we think maybe. Uh, next guy, next key player that we have uh marcus go ahead this is gonna be the rookie this is clyde edwards elair out of lsu um we have both talked about this i think something that's going to really be a strength for the chiefs this year is the ability to control the clock and the ability to eat the clock because i mean we we can get up 28 points in the blink of an eye excuse me and if clyde is what he's supposed to be and has the potential to be from a physical and tangible standpoint. The chiefs are unstoppable offensively, honestly, because they're up on you 14, 21 points in the blink of an eye. If they've got a bowling pin guy like this, that has that elusiveness and that running power, they can get the short yardage, but also catch the ball out of the backfield. How do you stop it? Like the chiefs are impossible to stop from a down the field aspect because of the speed. They're hard to stop over the middle because of what Kelsey can do. And then you've got a guy coming out of the backfield on wheel routes. And he can run the ball. If all that comes together, the Chiefs won't be stopped. So the teams that are going to give us problems are the teams that can score with us. And I don't know if anybody can. So uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think he he has the real potential to break things open, kind of like we saw offensively in 2018 with Kareem Hunt. And if if he can get to what Kareem did, similar numbers, with maybe even a little bit better from the pass-catching standpoint, I think the Chiefs are well on their way to running it back. For sure. Go ahead with your third guy because mine differs from what we have in our notes here. This The guy here for me, it's got to be Chris Jones. And I say this because for multiple reasons. He got his money 
So I think he's going to be in a different place mentally. But I've noticed from these guys, unlike any other Super Bowl team I've ever seen, to this extent, they've put last year in the rearview mirror. All the guys have. You watch Frank Clark. You watch Tyron Matthew, Patrick. All the main leaders in this team, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, they talk about what the future holds. They're not celebrating and still on a high from last year. And I think maybe COVID-19 and the way that they had to celebrate, unfortunately, made an impact on that. But these guys have put last year in their rearview mirror. Chris Jones has made bold statements. He wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. He wants to prove that he's worth this money the Chiefs have given him. And in my opinion, the best way to limit what the Texans can do offensively is stuff the run game, uh, impact the offensive line and get penetration from the middle, and stay in Watson's face. The guy that can do that better than probably anybody in the league outside of Aaron Donald is Chris Jones. So I think he's got to be an impact guy to watch in this game because if he can generate pressure and generate penetration in the run game, excuse me, I think he's going to be a guy that can really wreak havoc and F up the play, What if you want to say it that way. That's what uh, Chris Sims says, and I really like like the way he does that on NBC. And that's what Chris Jones does. He messes up the plays, just like Aaron Donald. They can penetrate in the run game and blow things up, and they have the ability to penetrate and get that pass rush on the interior. So I think both of those things are big keys defensively for the Chiefs this coming uh, Thursday. And I think if Chris Jones can make an impact, the Chiefs have a real chance. You know, I never thought I would put this guy in one of my impact players to watch, but I'm going with Ben Neiman here. And the only reason I'm going with Ben Neiman here, I know it makes me, it puts a sour taste in my mouth, honestly. But the only reason I'm going with Ben Neiman here is everybody forgot. Yeah. We're not huge Ben Neiman people here. I just want to mention that. So there's some context. I know a lot of our guys on the platform with Arrowhead Live disagree, but we've seen Ben Neiman in person a few times and we're not fans. But with that, sorry to interrupt, Jordan. Just go ahead. I want to give some context. You're right. And I appreciate that. But he's got a rookie in Willie Gay Jr. right behind him who I, everything I've heard of is having a great camp. You know, he's fast to the ball. He's sideline to sideline, can play any linebacker position. Ben Neiman's got to know that Willie Gay is right on his ass, ready to take his spot. So I am anxious to see how Ben Neiman plays uh, to start out here against Houston because everyone is raving about Ben Neiman right now, that he's had a fantastic camp, that he's in great shape, that his reads have gotten better. Until I see it in the game, I'm not going to believe it just because of what we've seen in the past. And, you know, I just – I really hope they give Willie Gay opportunities other than on special teams. So my impact player is Ben Neiman. I really hope for the team's sake that, you know, these rumors are true that he's had a great camp and that he's going to show out, but he is my impact player on the defensive side of the ball. Never thought I'd say Don't that, and you might not hear me <laughs> say it again. So take that as right. you will, but he is my guy. And don't don't get it twisted. Jordan and I both – if somebody changes our opinion and comes in and plays differently, we'll give them re- the respect they deserve and change right. our viewpoint. If they prove themselves to be Dan Sorensen, perfect example. I've disliked Dan Sorensen for years, but when he transformed in and morphed into Dirty Dan, everything changed. So if Ben Neiman can come out and make plays and not look lost like he did literally every time he touched the field last year, I can get on the Ben Neiman bandwagon but i'm not going to be there unless he proves something right 
But so, I agree, he's an impact because if if he struggles, the leash need the leash, excuse me, needs to be short because this fan base wants to see Willie Gay Jr. on this field. He's too athletic to keep off the football field. So Neiman's going to have to show me a lot to be content with not having Willie Gay. So I totally agree. All right, let's move on to Houston's. Who do you got for Houston's? I think we have the same uh, three key guys here. So um, obviously you got to start with Deshaun Watson, quarterback position, guy that's hungry. He wants to win. You know, he lost his star receiver. But, you know, uh, like we talked about on the Casey Tailgater show, uh, with the Back Row Texans show, uh, their podcast joined us as well. We were talking about how he won't have to depend on just one receiver now to make a play. He's got Brandon Cooks there, who hopefully can stay healthy. Will Fuller hopefully can stay healthy as well. Uh, they bring in Randall Cobb, who's an experienced vet. So maybe he doesn't have to depend on all those guys now, or just one guy now. Sorry, but I would look at Kenny Stills. Yeah, for to sure, be a guy that that he leans on because there is some chemistry and familiarity there. He may have that with Fuller, but Fuller's hurt so frequently that I think Stills could be a guy that has an impact as well. Just to just to interject there, but not to interrupt. Go ahead. No, for sure. And then uh, you know, in the backfield as well. Yeah, he had a thousand yard rusher in Carlos Hyde last year, but you boot him out the door. You trade for David Johnson, who comes in coming off an injury. Uh, you know, he healed from that injury, and then the Cardinals just didn't want to play him after that. They stuck with Kenyon Drake, who you know is primed to have a good season this year as well. So. David Johnson comes in as well. You know, Houston hopes that he can get back to his form. I think it's going to open up their pass game as well because he can catch passes, as well as Duke Johnson, who's also there. I'm not sure if they're related or not, but that's beside the point. Um, You know, I think it's going to open up their pass game. Everyone's trying to emulate what the Chiefs do with their running backs as far as the passing game goes. So I think that's a move they made there just to open up the field a little bit more for Deshaun Watson. But those are my two offensive guys right there. you want to go ahead with our defensive? This one's going to come as no surprise to anybody that knows the NFL, knows the top flight defensive players. I think it's got to be J.J. Watt here because in recent in recent uh, months, I would say, last year he just he looked like he was still a high-level player, but he didn't appear to be elite-level level J.J. Watt. And there's a chance that Father Time maybe is getting to him a little bit and these repetitive injuries may be having a – long-term deterioration effect on him, but I want to see what J.J. Watt looks like. He He's never had more time to focus on getting healthy, getting in shape, putting that work in, and being able to just focus on the physical standpoint and building his body to be prepared for a 16-game season. So I'm interested to see what J.J. Watt looks like, and they're going to need him because, like you said, with Conley out in their secondary, I don't think Lonnie Johnson's very good. I feel like every time we play the Texans, we since Lonnie Johnson's come into the league, we've exploited him. So if I'm Houston, you really have to lean on uh, their linebackers. Who do they have? Zach Cunningham, Bernardrick McKinney, um, J.J. Watt, of course, like I mentioned. Your veterans that have been there and done done that for the Texans and know what to expect. And they have a new defensive coordinator. I think he was on Romeo Cornell's scheme last year. So it may be similar looks defensively, but I do think the element of surprise may make an impact on the Chiefs early on in the game. So that's going to be a little bit of an advantage for the uh, Texans because they know what the Chiefs are bringing to the table for the most part, I think. And we don't know. We know Spagnolo for the Chiefs defense likes to be as creative as possible. So we may see some different looks. I don't know what they'll be able to do because of 
the limitations in our cornerback position and having some inexperienced younger guys on the field. But I do expect J.J. Watt to make a big impact, and I just I hope we can, for the sake of all football fans around the world, I hope we can see prime J.J. Watt this season. I'd just be okay if it wasn't week one. <laughs> I was going to say, I agree with that there. Uh, I also agree that J.J. Watt, there should be an impact player to watch um, as well. So that being said, Marcus, we've got about eight minutes left here. It is now time for Marcus's make or break offensive and defensive keys to victory. I'm going to turn it over to Marcus, and uh, Marcus, time's yours, as Andy Reid would say. Yeah, I mean, mine as well. As Big Red would say, time's mine. So let's just let's just go with it and see what these uh, make or breaks are going to be on both offense and defense in this matchup. So um, for Kansas City, offensively, I think the keys to victory for the most part are just going to be to establish the run early to keep the defense unbalanced, which is going to ultimately allow the uh, field to be more open for Mahomes. When you actually have to respect the Chiefs running game to a higher level, if we can come in and be dominant on the ground in that first quarter, and show people that, hey, we can run the ball behind Assembly and Fisher and the other side as well. If we can come out and do that as the Chiefs, I really think that it's going to change the whole game because the Houston Texans defense knows they can't stop our pass game. It's not possible. You just have to limit it and hold on for dear life. So if the Chiefs can run the ball too, you're pretty much going to lose all hope defensively. So I think that's very important to establish that run game early, make our offense unpredictable, which in turn will stack the box potentially and make the pass game more wide open for Mahomes. Defensively, I think the big thing for the Chiefs is just stay focused on the pass game because we saw what they did last uh, year in Week 6, and we did lose. Carlos Hyde had an incredible game, probably one of the best games of his career, if not the best. They ran all over us. Now, don't get me wrong. The defense now is not the same defense as it, that it was in Week 6. There's a different confidence level across the entire team, which I can see that. But we are missing Mike Pinnell, who had a big impact in our run game improvement. Reggie Ragland was really good against the run late in the season, and he's now in Detroit. So I know the Chiefs going in are going to uh, really prioritize their run defense, but I think that's a mistake. I think they need to stay balanced. Don't overlook the impact that the uh, or don't overhype the impact of losing DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans. I think guys like Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, like Jordan's mentioned in the earlier on in the show, I think they have just as much, if not more, of an ability to impact the game. So if they can come in and produce, and it can be a all-around offense where he's putting the ball where it's supposed to go opposed to just fo- forcing it to Hopkins now with him in Arizona, I think it's going to really open things up for Houston. So the Chiefs have to be very mindful of that and focus and not underestimate this receiving core without Hopkins. Because if you look at the inexperience we have at corner, this group's young. We're going to have guys like Legereus Sneed, Antonio Hamilton, who doesn't have a lot of starting experience. These guys are going to be in this game really for the first time getting major snaps in starting roles, especially for Snead, because he's a rookie. He didn't get a preseason. This is his first live action. So they really need to focus on stopping that pass game and, and let the guys that are responsible for those run fits and the run game do their job, of course. But I would stay balanced defensively. I wouldn't stack the box. I wouldn't drop multiple people. Stay balanced. Stay unpredictable. Give them different looks and fill out what they're doing as the game progresses. But don't give, a, don't give away your goat or whatever they say. Don't show them what
then the keys for Houston and really what's going to make or break their game as a whole on both offense and defense is just offensively, they really need to focus on the run game early. I think they need to get that run game going, give David Johnson that confidence early on that he does have the ability to be an elite level running back in this league once again. And I think that's what it's going to take for him to be successful. He's just got to gain his confidence back. In Arizona, bringing in Kenyon Drake the way they did, nothing's going to kill a guy's confidence that's struggled with injuries and stuff more than a move like that where you bring in a guy that has balanced skills. Because I don't think he would have viewed a guy like Chase Edmonds as a real threat once he was fully healthy. Drake comes in, his confidence probably dropped because he knew this guy is the real deal. This guy is on my level, talent-wise. But they really need to establish that run game and run the ball early and often because if they can get that run game and set up to play action with the new system, or not necessarily new system, but the new pieces that they have, there's a lot more options that I would trust than, say, last year. So I think if they run the ball, eat clock early on, keep Mahomes on the sideline as much as you can because that's the biggest key to beating the Chiefs that we've seen in this Mahomes era. Limit the offense's ability to touch the football field as much as possible. Eat the game clock as much as you can. Establish your play-action pass game. Run the ball effectively. Let Watson do what he does and make plays. But run your system off your run game. Because you look at what the Chiefs do. Yes, we have young corners this week, but they still have the safety play in Matthew, Thornhill, Sorensen. We've got a lot of guys back there deep that can play the football. So you're not going to want to go heavy run the whole or heavy pass, excuse me, the whole time because our guys are going to make plays. We have playmakers on the back end of this defense. So I would say our biggest weakness defensively, and it was this way last year, they made plays come playoff time. But this defense, without a guy like Mike Pinnell and the loss of Reggie Ragland, we don't know what Ben Neiman's going to be, and we've already expressed our concerns and or criticisms of Ben Neiman. Uh, Willie Gay Jr. He looked like he played very aggressive and physical in college, but we don't really know what he's going to look like against the run. So if I'm the Texans. You really attack the Chiefs' run defense. You run the ball, eat the clock, keep Mahomes on the sideline, and just hold on for dear life and let my, let your superstar quarterback and Watson make plays. I think that's Houston's key and what is going to either make or break them in this game is whether or not they can get that run game going and control the time of possession in this game. Now, one could say it really didn't make a big impact, time of possession didn't, because the Chiefs score so high-powered, but I think that's really the only chance you have. Like, offensively, you have to buy into that, lock into that, and do it to the best of your ability. And there's going to be teams. Baltimore, they couldn't do it to us last year. Tennessee, who did it better than anybody in terms of controlling the clock, beating people down with Derrick Henry like a wrecking ball, and then letting their quarterback make plays when necessary, they still couldn't get over the hump of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So I think this is Houston's best bet, but I honestly don't know if it'll be enough. But I think if they're looking to win this football game, this is what's going to make it a possibility. So on defense – Really, the big thing for them is going to be keeping everything in front of them and bending but not breaking. So the Chiefs, as we all know, pride themselves on the ability of the big play, whether it be Kelsey over the middle for 35, whether it be Hill deep for a 45-yard reception for a 75-yard touchdown, the same with McCole Hardman. The Chiefs team and Sammy Watkins, there's weapons everywhere you look. So if I'm the Texans, sell out the pass, play deep, play to prevent big plays, if they nickel and dime you to death, with the Chiefs' talent, you have to take that. You have to settle for the fact that let them have the small stuff and make plays when you have the ability. But you can't let this team chunk you for 40, chunk you for 55, chunk you for 30, because they'll do it all day, and they'll do it better than anybody in this league and maybe ever. So as a defense in Houston, you've really got to prioritize preventing big plays and, like I said, bending but don't breaking – or not breaking, excuse me. So if they give up a bunch of yards, it doesn't matter, but – Succeed in the red zone. Don't give up big plays. 
and do the best you can to limit this almost limitless offense. So it's going to be going to be difficult for Houston to do, I believe. But with the element of the Chiefs not knowing what's going to happen, it can make a real difference in this matchup. And um, just seeing the new defensive scheme potentially or the tweaks and changes that will be made via a new uh, defensive coordinator there in Houston, it gives Houston a bit of an edge early on in the game. So they just have to come out, play consistent, play strong, don't give up big plays, don't give up touchdowns early on in the game. If they can hold the Chiefs to three or seven in the first quarter, I think that's a success for Houston. And if they're controlling the clock, driving the ball on long drives, 12 to 14 play drives, controlling the clock and scoring over a long amount of time, and the defense is only giving up three to seven points per quarter, I think that's their best recipe for success. So, I mean, with that being said, those are my make or breaks for for the two teams in this matchup. And I'm looking forward to seeing how things go. I'm looking forward to seeing what – what each side brings to the table, what looks we see. And for the Chiefs, I think it'll be similar. There, And we know Andy Reid. He's not going to show his cards in week one. There will be plays, a few plays we haven't seen, but the Chiefs know what they're good at. They have a bread and butter. They're successful at what they're good at doing, so they're going to do that better than you. But I think Houston needs to do the same thing, and they need to do what they're best at and have been against the Chiefs, and we saw it in week six of last year. Yes, there's different talent on this team, but it could be a positive offensively, not a negative. As crazy as that sounds, losing the guy of DeAndre Hopkins' prowess. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm comfortable going into week one. I'm not, because this season's unlike anything we've ever seen, and this Houston team has the ability to come into Arrowhead in a well-below-capacity crowd, which the players in Kansas city are not used to that in Arrowhead. So that may have an impact as well. Um, There's a lot of things that are early advantages for the Texans. So it's just going to be interesting to see if this chief's offense is too powerful to hold off. And I think ultimately that's what, what will happen. But Jordan, do you want to go ahead and we'll wrap that up? You want to go ahead and just give me your opinion in terms of what do you think is going to happen in this matchup? Well, I've thought about this a lot. Um, my mind says blowout. Or no, I would say my heart says blowout. But my mind, I think with the hunger the Texans are going to have, yeah, watching the so Chiefs raise that Super Bowl banner, knowing that I they beat them to get there. 37-30 um, The excitement and the intrigue. I just think the offense is going to be too strong. I don't think it's going to be as um, the big as The unknown for the Chiefs, what, uh, I think, is going to be an advantage for the Texans. But I have not having a capacity or big crowd. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than Vegas has it at the 9.5 advantage to Kansas City. I don't know, man. It's well, tough. not a lot. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I point deficit. Houston's going to be hungry. Prediction. Uh, I think Kansas is going to be 35-27. to prove they can run it back. So uh, I mean, it's going to be a good game. 
I'm glad we get a high-powered offensive game uh, opening night. But I've got 37-30 Kansas City. What about you? All right, guys, that was uh, Marcus's make-or-break offensive and defensive keys to victory for both teams there. Uh, we will have another game preview for you guys next week when Kansas City travels to L.A. to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that'll come to you next Wednesday as well. So you guys can listen to that before the game. Uh, or next next Thursday, sorry. We don't play on Thursday next week, so it will come out on Thursday. Sorry for that. Um so we'll have that game preview for you guys next week. Please go listen to the KC Tailgater Show. It is our other podcast. We have just dropped two new episodes within the last three days. Well, so one thing I do want to check that out. We had uh, another as game preview. Probably noticed uh, with I have Texans, stopped writing articles. Uh, back row Texas podcast. I just show. want to touch on this real quick. So uh, um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. Well. You guys I really enjoyed doing that. Go on it there and listen to that. Out of my well. comfort zone, but it was a good experience. Uh, I learned a go lot. Go to Arrowhead Live Shop at shoparrowheadlive.com. As a writer, get all the merchandise they have in there. Intellectual you know, it might not person. be here by Thursday, a lot from that, but it will uh, be here next week. That experience, for and I really did Chargers enjoy it. Game. it I'm sure really I know they have knowledge and very me dive into there. certain topics that I wouldn't price. have otherwise. So please so go check. Uh, I do appreciate Grant and Keith Shop Arrowhead here at Arrowhead Live, Live giving me that opportunity. Uh, we want to thank you guys for but tuning in. For the As most always, part, we're glad to be back. Looking forward. I'm not going to look back. I enjoyed that time during the week. So from it, but Marcus, I know Jordan and I are excited to announce there with your moments. Been and, selected uh, you got to be a part of the, off here? Draft prep, uh, the draft prep team for the upcoming NFL draft. Excuse me, and uh, that's very exciting. Um, I, myself, I'm doing interior linebackers. That's going to be my group that I really dive into, and I'm looking forward to breaking that down. And it's going to be an interesting college football season and an interesting uh, scouting season with the very limited uh, film that we're going to have and the very limited snaps that some of these players are going to see in the power fives like the pac 12 and the big 10 so it's an it's a new challenge it's an exciting challenge for everyone involved with our draft analytics team it's just it's something new and i'm looking forward to it quite a lot would you agree jordan are you looking forward to doing that as well
Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you and I definitely delve into the draft a lot more than, uh, you know, a lot of people do. So it, it's going to be great to put our insight in there and uh, see what happens with this draft guide. But that is all the time we have for today's episode on the Nosebleed Seats. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back next week with that. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Woo! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!